Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradzen. On this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, Mike DeZormo and myself sit down with Dr. Cowan and quiz him on how to live the peak performance life. And, and the reason that I love talking to Dr. Cowan so much is that I read a, I've read a lot of health and nutrition and different books over the years. And every time I convince myself that I found the secret to perfect health or whatever, or optimal performance, I'll just like overdose dose on whatever I found. So for example, if I find that like cod liver oil is something that promises all these benefits, I'll just literally drink half a bottle of cod liver oil or not quite, but I'll just go down and, uh, you know, get cod liver oil and start taking it or glutathione or whatever probiotics that I might find or L-glutamine or creatine or whatever it is. And I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'll just stuff all the stuff into my body, hoping that it's like helping me in some way. Um, and it's only since meeting Dr. Cowan and his great team at Phenom High Performance Men uh, Medicine, and they all practice this thing that they call the Phenom Method, whereas it's a really great way and a structured way, which I really appreciate, to break down your health and nutrition so that you can operate at peak performance. You know, they go through your hormones and your digestive system and your detox systems and your blood markers, even your DNA and analyze your DNA to compare it to what you really, what vitamins and supplements you really should be taking specifically for your DNA. And I just absolutely love that stuff. So on this episode, uh, Mike and myself, and Mike, if you don't know Mike DeZormo, Mike has been part of the Rockstar team forever. Um, he's a great guy, super knowledgeable, and he also goes to Dr. Cowan and the Phenom, Phenom team, um, and he's found great benefit from it as well. So both of us take this opportunity to quiz him with some questions. I actually fell off the rails a little bit on my some of my blood markers. So you're going to hear Dr. Cowan explain what's happened to me and how we're looking to correct that. He's just a great guy. We love him so much and what he does and, and really believe that living life on your terms is not really just building cash flow and equity in different real estate properties. It is having good health and nutrition and living life to its peak potential. And he really helps us with that, that we asked him if he could teach a class here at Rockstar as part of the Rockstar Inner Circle membership. So even though we do all these real estate investing classes on like student rentals and uh, second suites and Airbnb and rent to own and multi-unit apartment buildings and joint ventures and all that kind of stuff, we also have Dr. Cowan teaching a class on high performance medicine and operating at peak performance. Um, so he teaches that class here. So we're grateful for that. And if you want to uh, look at all the different things that Rockstar Inner Circle members get as part of their membership and working with us, you can always check that out at Rockstar rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. So that's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. Enough with all that. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, so today we're going to just talk about how messed up I am and uh, how great Mike is. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, and just for context here, I just want everyone to understand that... My, so, Dr. Cowan, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Um, Mike, yesterday we're doing this Metcon at the gym, and I'm devastated because I haven't been going to the gym that much. I'm just getting back. This is probably the biggest gap I've taken uh, aside from going to Europe for like a month. It was the la January for reasons that I'm not even going to get into. But... Uh, I kind of got back into it in February, 
and my the little cardio I do have was gone yesterday. We are on the assault bike and doing double unders, and I'm after three or four rounds, I'm just devastated. Like I, I, you have a minute break in between rounds, and I'm like kneeling over a box, trying to catch my breath, totally breathing incorrectly, and I look over at, at Mike, hoping to get see that he's also suffering, <laughs> so that I could just get a little bit of support. Right? I look over at him. He's on his assault bike, waiting for the next round, not even breathing hev- heavily. And, just, and I'm just like, oh my God, you know, when you're just devastated. In and all fairness, though, that plays to my strength. Like that particular workout, it was assault bike and double under. So you're working on the double unders and you're getting a lot better. But if you're struggling with that, then it's taking you longer. You can't catch your breath. So I had more time to recover as well. Yeah. 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 The double so. unders are definitely hard for me, man. Do you do, do, you do this double under stuff? No, not really. Oh. CrossFit style, no. You do uh, man stuff. You don't skip like us. <laughs> you do <just> bicep curls. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, I just curl. That's it. Straight curls. Hold on. Is there a mirror in front of you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, I'm just going to kick it off, Mike. So we'll yeah. get Because you have some stuff too. I'm just going to kick it off with you. I went back to you, Dr. Cowan, and did, uh, I don't even know what blood work I did. What are the markers that you got me to check? What were some of those markers that you suggest I check every once in a while? The ones that we rechecked? Yeah, that we rechecked, rechecked. yeah. So ferritin levels, so iron levels in the body. We checked liver enzymes. Some of the things that you had high previously, because you did a workout last time when we did your like complete wellness check. We did kind of like a once over, um, looking at all the markers, seeing how everything works, and you had some that were high. And then uh, you said, well, I just worked out. And then I went and got my blood drawn. So I said, okay, let's retest those, but don't work out again. And, and then- yeah, I didn't listen. Yeah. So this <laughs> February I went and uh, a couple weeks ago I went and I did a heavy, heavy back squat. And then the next day, a really heavy workout. And then the Wednesday morning, so that was Monday and Tuesday, the Wednesday morning, I went and got my blood checked and I showed you, well, you got the results and you were, your eyes peeled back when you, uh, Mike, you don't know this. I asked him because when I saw his reaction to my blood work, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never really seen you like this. Am I, am I, am I okay? And you, and your response was like, yeah, you're going to be okay. But I could tell you were, you were intrigued on the, well, I was expecting them to be back to normal because the previous one you worked out before. So some of the levels were elevated. So I thought the retest would be normal, but they were higher than before. So could it be, so could they, and that was like, that was my liver inflammation markers, my C, uh, my overall inflammation that yeah. could, was that C-create? No. Yeah, C-reactive protein is the a measure of inflammation in the whole body, like systemic inflammation, which was high. It was higher than before. Your ferritin was elevated, which is our iron stores. Your liver enzymes were higher as well. So I'm um, a model of I just wasn't expecting them to see, to see them higher <laughs> model of fitness and health over here than before. Yeah. So, okay. But could it have been a, like, you know, what happens when you work out really heavy and lift weights and stuff? Does that uh, show up in the blood work or is yeah. it possible? Yeah. Especially those kind of workouts, like a heavy lift workout, a CrossFit workout, uh, something where you're creating some muscle damage, you'll create inflammation in the body and those levels will be higher. So typically you don't want to test those on a day after that, you want to wait till it's kind of a day you're not working out. So you get a more accurate read on those things. But even for you, your levels were higher than before. So um, that's why we're doing a liver reset. Okay. And the liver reset is because I've wanted to do a liver reset for a long time. I was going to ask you about doing a liver reset anyway. And then it just happened that it all worked out that I'm messed up enough that I needed the <laughs> liver reset. But you were going to suggest it anyway, as well as a good thing to do. What What's ha- what's happening on the liver reset? Like what what do you have me doing right now? So eating a specific way to take a burnt, take the burden off the liver. So that's one aspect. And the second aspect is giving you all the building blocks, the key amino acids and nutrients to upregulate liver function. 
if you remember when we first met, I showed you the, the triad of systems that we really focus on in our clinic. So liver, gut, and hormones, those three, we kind of want to have them all working really well. And for you, we've fixed gut stuff, we fixed the hormone stuff, and that looks really good on your retesting. So I wanted to do the liver part with you, especially for the skin and some of the breakouts and just to get rid of that for good. Um, so I was planning on looking at anyway. And then when I saw your liver enzymes elevated, you know, we definitely want to get those back in order. So the liver reset is so essential because your liver controls metabolism. So it decides if you're going to store fuel or burn fuel. And in our modern world, we're overburdening our liver like crazy, like just the air we breathe, everything you take in. So the air you breathe, the fluids you drink, the food you eat, the supplements you take, the medications you take, alcohol, caffeine, all those things accumulate and place burden on the liver. And if it backlogs, it'll start to store fat in the liver and it doesn't have too much room to store too much fat. And then that will get deposited on the abdomen. So there's a huge metabolic implication. Liver also controls the conversion and recycling of all your hormones, insulin, uh, male hormones, cortisol, all those important hormones uh, are converted there as well. Um, and many of your nutrients are built there. So there's a ton of reasons why it's important, but especially when we see some of those markers at a line and we're looking for optimal ranges too. So when we look at liver enzymes, we're looking at, you know, certain specific ranges and it's well known in, in kind of liver research community that the range is too wide anyways. So if you get a standard conventional look at your liver enzymes, the range is huge. Whereas we know based on people um, who are healthy, who are going to donate a liver because there's no way of checking how healthy your liver is unless you do a biopsy oh, wow. and liver enzymes don't get elevated until you've done quite a bit of damage to the liver. So the only way to really look at the population and say how many people have fatty liver or a leaky liver is healthy people who are going to donate a liver to someone else. And 40% of those people have a fatty liver and get turned away. So these are healthy people, right? So you go in, you think everything's good, you're healthy, you're active, whatever. And 40% of those people get turned away because they have fatty liver. So why would someone, I don't know what's, what the measurement would be to classify somebody as healthy, but if someone's donating that's healthy, why do they have the, you know, what would it be that in their liver that's all messed up? So you'll have fat deposits in there, like old. So if you're going to deposit fat in the liver, it's called a triglyceride. So it'll fill up the liver. So the liver is meant to store fuel. So let's say you ate a meal today and this is in like caveman days. You ate a meal today. It would store a little bit of extra fuel in there for you and convert it to a fat because it's uh, a more calorie dense molecule. So it'll flip it into a fat, store it in your liver. That way the next day, if you don't have the ability to find food, you can pull that out of your liver, burn it for energy, and then now you can survive, right? But with our modern world, we're just storing, we're just overstoring. Okay, so somebody who is deemed healthy can still have a messed up liver. So they're they're deeming them healthy just by, by physical appearance, I guess, when someone passes away. You know when you, how you're saying that they, yeah. they, they only know if the liver is healthy or not healthy after someone kind of dies and donates the liver? No, not even that. Like if you're going to donate like a part of your liver to someone, like they have to biopsy oh, got it. It, okay. to, it to be sure it's okay to donate. Oh, got it. Okay. But 40% of those people get turned away. So it shows that you and I are walking around, you know, not feeling the effects of whatever, but we're depositing fat in our liver. So basically it just hasn't gotten to a point where it's pathological yet. 
And and what's the two stages of the liver? Remember you were describing yeah, to yeah. me like part one or part two or stage one, stage two. What's that? What's going on in the liver there? Yeah, so phase phase one, phase two. So the liver is like a giant filter. So everything you consume, if you imagine your digestive tract like a tube, right, going into your system, your liver is right there. So it has to pass through that first before it gets in your body. So everything that goes in there that's toxic, the liver will package it in phase one and then push it out in phase two. So phase two, it'll put it in the stool or bile, uh, urine, like it'll just get rid of that um, packaged material. So phase one and phase two are important, which is why for your liver reset, we're giving you the building blocks to let phase two run fully and fa- or phase one and phase two run fully. So there's different nutrients that you need there. So is there a post-workout supplement that Tom could have, have taken to, to reduce the inflammation? Yeah, there's a lot of things. I mean, um, so the inflammation is coming from muscle damage. Mm-hmm. So the better you repair that muscle, the less inflammation you'll have. So amino acids, protein, a good protein meal will kind of uh, rebuild those tissues and reduce inflammation, replenishing your carbs, that has shown to help as well. And I'm guilty of like, um, I don't know if it was just a workout. I think I'm guilty of Dr. Cowan has fixed me up so well. And this is your fault, partially. I'm gonna, (laughs) I'm I'm pointing at you, because you've done such a great job. No, really, over the last couple of years, working on me and fixing me up, that this year when I went to Europe, I was able to really drink wine and enjoy it. And there was, you know, no issues going on. Um, Over the Christmas holidays, I probably had a little more treats than I had, like baked goods. My daughter bakes, I mean, both my wife and daughter bake all these amazing goods and because you have me running really well or I feel really good I'm like oh you know what I can have another glass of wine and I'll I'll sneak in that treat or I'll have that little bit it's gluten-free this is what I always tell myself because my daughter makes gluten-free so I'm like oh it's gluten-free I'm gonna have that it's gluten-free there's no problem with that so I've kind of been layering on that a little bit so I really have you to thank and blame for my next (laughs) round of inflammation because no but and I and I I really do thank you though because you have helped me so much over the last few years but uh, I'm sure you find that with other people too like they get fixed up and you just feel confident in what you can eat so for me anyway I start cheating a little bit and I've never done that before it was only because I was feeling so good yeah, and that's why we have uh, built-in ways where we can see objectively what's going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, give me your blood yeah. and let me look yeah. at these markers. Yeah. Tom sends you a photo of me eating six crispy cream <laughs> yeah, donuts. Yeah. I'll <laughs> never see, see, Mike will just tell me. He'll just yeah. tell me straight no. out yeah, what yeah, he's yeah, doing. Yeah, 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 Whereas yeah. Tom, I'll just see it on his blood work, yeah, and then I'll yeah, ask him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the best. That, that was the best. We were coming back from some conference we were at in Ohio, and we were driving through, I think, Pennsylvania, and there's a Krispy Kreme. None of us are eating Krispy Kremes in the car. Mike, I look back in the back seat, and Mike has the box sitting on his lap and he's shoveling like three of them in his mouth at one time and we're having a discussion of how he just can't lose that bit of belly fat around his waist he's like i have no idea guys as, I don't, as he's eating yeah, yeah, like yeah. literally five minutes before we're eating this i don't know why that little bit of belly fat there that's hilarious <laughs> actually funny enough the liver reset will target that specifically so for guys mm. it'll peel away those triglycerides on the abdomen so for the guys that we have doing the 14-day reset we typically see the inches, like the waist loss, the so waist coming in quickly. For the females, we usually see the weight coming down because they lose the fluid retention and the water they're holding on to. Mm-hmm. But for the guys, usually the first thing we see is waist coming in, that extra bit of body fat comes off the Is abdomen. that the change in the diet? Because the diet you prescribe, it's not that difficult to follow that diet, but it's pretty clean diet. So is it the diet or you think the supplements that you're both, providing? Both, both. Yeah, it's both because um, if you just do the dietary stuff, you're taking the burden off the liver, but you really want to speed up that phase one, phase two. So that this is also why, um, and one of the red flags for me is people doing like low sugar, low carb, ketogenic or fasting and their body fat's not changing. 
they're not accessing the stored fat in the liver or or abdomen. So liver because they should be losing body fat. Yeah. So liver needs to be reset. So sometimes you know we do a lot of fasting in our clinic, which you guys have experimented with. So like if you do a twenty four hour fast or if you do a uh, 16, eight for a, a while and body size is not changing. I'll often do a liver reset there to then tap into those triglycerides, break them down and then kickstart your metabolism again. And then you can break through those plateaus because you wouldn't be losing the weight around your abdomen because the liver is not operating properly and it's kicking out those triglycerides into stored fat around your yeah. liver. Is, yeah. is this making any sense? Yeah. And then, and then with fasting too, the thing with fasting is you're not giving those building blocks. So if you don't eat at all, your liver doesn't have the phase one, phase two building blocks to run. So you're not clearing out those old deposited triglycerides from the liver. You're just reducing the amount of fuel. So you're reducing the amount that your liver has to process, but you're not tapping into cleaning out those fat stores. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is why fasting doesn't always work. People get frustrated. Oh, I did a 24 hour fast, you know, once a week for three weeks and my body's not changed. They, they could be doing wrong stuff on the other days too, but um, for people doing it well, that's one of the red flags for us. We'll see like, okay, something's going on with the metabolism needs to be reset. Liver needs to be reset. So we'll do a 14 day reset it. And then you can break through those plateaus. And on this 14 day reset, why can't I have caffeine? Cause caffeine messes with the phase one, phase two. So it, it slows that down and, and blocks it where you want that running smoothly. You want every toxin that comes in to get packaged and sent out. Just like an efficient kind of assembly, so you can have assembly decaf line. coffee, but you can't have the regular caffeinated coffee. Yeah, so caffeine's hard on it, and you know we all we're all having caffeine, we're all having alcohol. We're Are all, you a you coffee know, uh, coffee drinker? Yeah, so I'm on day four of my reset right now. Right. So oh. no uh, no caffeine okay, at all. Wow. But yeah, caffeine's a great. I, uh, say, I say good because good. You're suffering with yeah, coffee. Yeah. <laughs> caffeine's a great tool, right? Performance wise. We're not going to ask him where he gets his beans. Oh yeah, no, we will. <laughs> okay. No, we will. Right. I said we will. I heard, I heard you got a special source. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go on. Go yeah, on. Yeah. So caffeine uh, and alcohol. Alcohol is the worst one. But if you're having a drink a day, yeah, it's the quickest way to deposit triglycerides into your uh, liver. So alcohol flips the triglyceride right away. Yeah. And starts storing. So if you're doing that daily, like a lot of us are having a glass of wine, this and that, and then all of a sudden we go to try to lose the belly fat and we can't, we wonder why. So you're, we're just overburdening our, our liver. I'm not an alcohol drinker usually. Um, I, do, I don't really um, consume alcohol at home. It's usually if I'm out and having a good time. Yeah. But uh, the wearable device that I wear, that whoop band that monitors uh, strain and recovery, I couldn't believe it was the other night. I, uh, I'm usually, my recoveries are, are pretty good. I'm, yep. I'm recovering, you know, getting decent sleep. But I, I don't know, I just had one of those cravings where, you know what, I'm going to have a beer. Went and grabbed a beer out of the fridge. It was probably about 8.39 p.m. at night. Had that beer, woke up the next morning, just one, and my recovery was, I think, 16%. Out of 100%, my recovery was so low. Yep. I've noticed that on having one beer, uh, eating late, and uh, I, I think that was about it. Oh, oh, ice cream. Ice cream has done that as well. Yeah. Do you see something there? Definitely, yeah, because um, that's all going to disrupt your sleep. So the alcohol mm. will, will make you a lighter sleeper. Yeah. So it'll, it'll, it's a sedative, so it'll get you to fall asleep. Right. But then people usually wake up like four to five hours later, like wake early with alcohol. Yeah. So it impacts that sleep regeneration. So your HRV will be off. Mm -hmm. 
so yeah and you might be more sensitive to it um you're not having a lot of alcohol so it would have impacted you a little bit more same with like eating times i know with tom we experienced it experimented with the hrv heart rate variability with him having a shorter eating window right so a shorter eating window basically not eating close to bed allows your body temperature to cool and your core temperature to get really uh low Mm -hmm. and allows you to sleep and hit those deep levels of sleep so your hrv will be better gotcha so whereas you're eating ice cream right before bed yeah so it's going to have the opposite effect interesting court so when you eat ice cream right before bed or whatever it is blood's going to rush to your abdomen to help break down that food core temperature comes up yeah and now your sleep cycle is disrupted these wearables are so accurate nowadays too. Like they're getting yeah. just better and better. I've I've worn the Whoop and the Aura Ring at yep. the same time, and waking up, they're pretty pretty consistent in regards to the the uh, feedback of how that sleep was. Yeah, yeah. We're actually I'm starting to track for all of our pro athletes, Olympic athletes, like our UFC and NHL guys as well. We're tracking HRV where I have like a a platform, like a coaching platform, basically where I can see all their profiles on there. And I have them doing their readings every day. Now, and then, what, uh, sorry, how, how is this data being captured? So we're doing first morning HRV reading, uh, reading on a, a specific app just because um, with the wearables, a lot of the athletes can't wear them, right? Okay. So you can't wear a whoop band if you're playing in the NHL. It gets hit, slashed, mm-hmm. whatever can break off. Um, you're not going to be able to wear that in MMA. You can't, a lot, a lot of places you can't wear the wearables. Like you can, but you'll wear it, take it off to do your training and and competing and then put it back on. Yeah. Whereas I just need to see first morning HRV because that's a very good indicator. And, and sorry, how is that being done? Though? So, um, it's a chest, uh, like the, the monitor around the chest. There's a chest one, but actually the new one we're using now is, uh, it's called HRV for training. Okay. It's a fingertip app. So technology has been, this has been verified, uh, like a good science background, uh, verified device. So you put your fingertip on your phone, Oh, wow. You have the app, hmm. it reads your variability on there, stores it, and then it uploads it to my platform so I can tr- see everybody. So I can monitor, and I'm going to be doing this with, what well, we're all going to be doing this with all of our patients eventually too, whereas we can start to see, let's say we're monitoring you guys, you know, Monday, Tuesday, your HRV is good. All of a sudden, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you're crashing. That means your work productivity is going down. Mm-hmm. And then we can intervene and say, hey, Tom, um, Mike, this is what's going on. You need to adjust this. What's happening? So I'll be able to see it before you guys feel it almost. Hmm. Interesting. That's um, amazing. W- w- if we're getting to that stage with performance, this is this is incredible because that's yeah. the one marker HRV. When I when I wake up with a good HRV score, you feel like you conquer the world, yeah. right? Yeah. No, you yeah. really you just know. You know. You're you know on before fire. you open the app. Yeah, yeah. you're on fire. I had a good rest. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those ones you can't cheat either. Yeah, no. like you can yeah. say what you want, you can think what you want, right. but when we see the score, so for our athletes. We, it can be the difference between this is a push hard day mm-hmm. or this might be a take it easier today so you can go hard again tomorrow. Yeah. So with, with any high performer, whether you're an entrepreneur, business person, athlete, whatever, you can't afford to be out of action, mm-hmm. right? So heart rate variability for people that don't know what that is, is an indicator of how much stress is on your nervous system. So you want your nervous system to be flexible. So you want your HIV to be higher so you can have a short distance between heartbeats, a long distance, and you can um, be flexible with the stressors you're taking on. A low HRV means the beats are quicker between or they're, or they're standardized between. So yeah, I had one of my um, uh, MMA UFC guys this morning. Uh, he was dropping low on his HRV. So today he's gonna do just yoga, stretching, 
get some extra rest. And can he really follow that? Because I felt yep. it frustrated when I saw low HRV. I was like, shit, you know what? This sucks because today yep. I wanted to do this, this, and this. But yep. I guess at that level, like a, a, an elite professional athlete, they're listening to it. Yeah, and it's, you know, I'm careful with that too. Like I'm not going to say, you know, do nothing today because you want to advance, you want to do your thing. You're not going to lay in bed all day. But the idea is, let's say you wind it back a little bit today so you can go hard the next four days. So when you look at the overall productivity, you can maintain a high level of output longer. If you take a half step back, you can go three steps forward. And what's your thinking on the on the range? Because I was one of the weird people that my HRV range was so low. Like everybody else's scores would be like in a range from like maybe 40 to 80 or some of the younger guys like 80 to 140. Mine was like 20 to 30. So a good day for me that I felt amazing would be like 34. You know, and then a lower day, like I would have many days where it was like, you know, 25 for for a lot of days and a low day would be like 18. And I would tell people these scores and they're like, Tom, I think you're probably going to die soon because these (laughs) scores, I've never seen scores. I met one other person. I think Tim Hong has similar Mm. uh, HRV range, but your range, Mike, is much higher, right? It's not bad. Yeah. And then some of the younger guys at the gym, holy geez. Oh my God. They're they're, they're showing us their whoop. It's like 140 or something, (laughs) you know? So is that just unique or I'm just wired differently? So I get uh, all of us have different. Yeah. You're wired differently, but also depends on your baseline. So when you're do, like, I'm careful when you do, your, when you get your baseline established, what state you're in, like what you're doing, like you wouldn't want to do your baseline if you're just redlining and pushing yourself like okay. crazy for a week yeah, yeah, yeah. and doing your, getting your baseline reading because it's not, it's not going to be accurate, right? Okay. Do you want to kind of do it when it's typical for you? Okay. Get your baseline. I'm laughing because we got these whoops. Uh, they didn't even sell them in Canada. We had a friend. We sh- I bought them and shipped them to a friend in San Francisco. Then we were meeting him in New York City because we were just there for a few days. <laughs> okay. He flew with them over to New York City. We put them on and we were having late nights and alcohol was involved. And the first yeah. few days we put them on, I didn't even think we were sleeping. You know, <laughs> probably not the good baseline. Yeah. Is there something that you would recommend? Like, I know this is a very broad statement, but just the average person to do or maybe a test they should take to improve their quality of life. And the reason I say that is because there's a couple of things that I feel we've done with you that have been absolute game changers. One of them was the food sensitivity test. That was huge. Once I started eliminating foods that I shouldn't be eating, it was massive. And it was so clear because I did the test with you. I think the results took about four or five weeks. The night before I was supposed to get my results with you, uh, my wife and I went to an Italian restaurant. I had gnocchi that had some kind of cream sauce and it had mushrooms in it. Lo and behold, my stomach got absolutely rocked that evening. (laughs) Come see you the next day. And those markers were some of the highest stuff on my food sensitivity that I should be avoiding. And then since I've avoided that, you know, I'd always have like a, um, I don't like a runny nose kind of, uh, a little bit of skin discoloration in certain spots as you're aware. But uh, a lot of that stuff just, stopped and sure enough if i go back to eating like that what's i which you you guys know i have a problem with uh, i love mouth pleasure i love good food (laughs) um this stuff will flare up again but so yeah it was the food sensitivity test like if i'm talking to a friend i said you know what you should get that tested um i really like the raw data of the you know if you do a 23andme dna fit uh genetic testing that raw data that you're able to process that then comes back and is very specific to the individual in regards to what dosage of vitamins they should be taking because what may be good for me is not good for Tom. Like, I don't know what the daily recommendation for a man or a woman for vitamin C, but I noticed that my recommendation for some things is much higher than the average person um, because of my DNA. And then the third thing was IV therapy. 
the IV drip therapy with you is a huge game changer. When I've done that, um, just the day of, the, a couple days after, I feel so alert. Um, yeah, it just you just feel on, which leads me to something very more uh, simplistic. But Brain FM, do you use Brain FM at all? No, what's that? No, so it's this. Uh, it's uh, an app where there's different tones that you can listen to, whether you're focused on, you want to, sorry, if you want to focus, you want to sleep, or you want to meditate. Is that the three yeah, criteria? Yeah. Oh, is it like uh, binaural beats? Kind of. Yeah, exactly. What happened yeah. is these neuroscientists, yeah. it's neuroscientists that got together and okay. used computers to generate sounds yeah. that will put you into this mental state, awesome. either a state of yeah. relaxation yeah. or a state of focus. We all use it because yeah. if you have to jam through a bunch of email and you listen to Brain FM, or if you have to write, you put on Brain. It's Brain.fm. Yeah. It's cool. the website. Cool. It's amazing. So the focus works really well. I use that predominantly. Okay. But on the reverse, my wife and I had a birthday party this past weekend and we were driving. It was about an hour away that we had to drive with the two kids. I have two kids under three, as you know. Yeah. And uh, one was a little fussy. He was tired. So we had different music on, would not fall asleep. He was just super fussy. My wife plugs in the uh, the baby music. Oh, okay. Ba- both I like, babies I like now, where this is going. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Both babies now <laughs> fall asleep within two minutes. I kid you not. Okay. But then I start yawning. Uh. Just the power of this music, right? Yeah. You asked him a lot of questions. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. So going back. So if I'm if I meet to meet the average Joe, a good friend of mine, and we're you know sitting down, I'd say, hey, you should probably get a food sensitivity test, your uh, your uh, your genetics run, and, and run that raw data to see which kind of vitamins you should be taking and and what you lack thereof, and uh, IV therapy. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Clearly untrained medical professional, although yeah. my initials are MD. What would you recommend <laughs> for the average person to improve their daily life? I think those are huge ones. I mean, food sensitivity is a no-brainer. You know, we run that. E- with even with the, you know how a bit of a controversy lately, I think it was in a Star article saying that you can't trust some of the food sensitivities because the antibodies that are showing up are really just a sign that you're eating that food and you're not actually allergic to that food, which I haven't found that in my results, I found it very beneficial, just like Mike, but yeah. there's some, but have you heard of that stuff? I mean, it's a little bit of a biased thing. Like I wish they would have interviewed people who've had fantastic results as well. Um, so with food exactly, sen- cause it's really helped me. Yeah. In our clinic, we run it all the time and there's good evidence behind it, good scientific evidence. And even if you're eating a food all the time, the point is we want to figure out what's triggering your immune system. And we can see that when we run your blood sample. So if you're reacting super high to almonds or some of these foods that are generally seen as healthy, um, you may be eating them every day, regardless it's triggering your immune system. So now we know we want to pull that out for a period of time, reset your gut, fix your gut, which we do a whole process to do. And then you can retest it. Now you see the true reactivities. Yeah, See what got I mean? it. Okay. So okay. there's, I mean, it's a no brainer, absolute no brainer. All of our athletes, all of our patients, we run thousands, we've run thousands of food sensitivity tests and it gives people the awareness. So like Mike, you were saying, now, you know, there's certain things that don't work well for you yeah. and they're not always digestive concerns. People always think, oh, well, I eat these things and my stomach feels okay. First of all, you've adapted to a, to a new level of normal. Number one. Number two, you could feel fatigue, headaches, joint pain, weight gain, bloating, um, to say joint pain, all these things that are not connected to digestion because the food sensitivities are accumulation in your body over time. So you feel it in different ways. That's so important. What you just said, your new level of normal. 
because you can think you're okay. And I thought it was, when I came to you, I thought it was okay. We <laughs> all did. Me, yeah. We all. And then you show, showed us how truly messed up we are. Remember when we, I remember <laughs> when you got the uh, hormone test back yeah. and I was walking up the stairs into your office and you were, as I was getting into your office, you were like, hey, how are you feeling? And I remember sitting down thinking, yeah, feeling pretty good. And he's like, really? And he shows me this hormone <laughs> test where my cortisol levels were like flatlining. Yeah. So I think you, you just don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but anyway, just, I'm cutting, I'm cutting you off from that. But yeah, if you're a high performer and you're high achiever personality, you're going to get used to whatever's going on and you're still going to get stuff done. You're still going to battle through. So I know that, and I'm not even surprised anymore with that because, um, I've seen, I've heard that from Olympic athletes, gold medalists. They all say, I feel good, feel pretty good. and want a gold feel, yeah. feel all right. You can argue with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they all come back and say, I didn't realize there are other levels to how good I can feel. I wish I would have done this five years ago. Mm -hmm. That's like, I hear it every day. We hear it all the time in our clinic. So not even surprising anymore. But um, I think people just get used to it. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to look into things. Conventional uh, medical approaches are looking for end ranges and major pathologies, which most patients that come to our clinic don't have any of those. They're in the gray area where they don't feel good. They feel bloated. They feel foggy. Energy's low. Can't drop the belly Yeah, you fat. don't have a critical illness, but it's, you want to yeah. optimize how you feel. Yeah, and there's, and there's so much room to do that. I mean, you guys know, right? But um, so food sensitivity, food sensitivity test definitely is huge. The genetic testing is interesting. I like that because you do it once and you get to know what your predisposition to things. So like a 23andMe kind of thing. Yeah. So we um, use 23andMe just to get the raw data. And then we have a geneticist that will kind of process it through a clinically relevant um, kind of system to see what's going on with the genes like metabolic genes, how well you process vitamin D, omega-3, how good your detox pathways are. Um, dopamine level, serotonin level is what you're prone to. And then we like to combine that data with your functional testing. So your genetic data is hardwired. It's like a computer, like what your stuff is in your computer. It's you're given that you have this kind of hardware in there, but we'd like to know what that is because we can use that to override different things. Right. And then we use a functional test like your food sensitivity. We do gut testing. We do hormone testing to see what your body's doing on a day-to-day -day basis because that stuff um, really will change over time. Mm -hmm. um, so food sensitivity, genetic, yeah, IV therapy is huge. We're all nutrient deficient. So getting the IV therapy, you get 100% nutrients, and then we can customize them in any way for immune, energy, recovery, performance, whatever kind of suits the person, what they're trying to do. And people feel amazing on them. Yeah. How they, long does that stay in your system? Two to three weeks is what okay. the data shows, research okay. shows. So what we're doing is putting nutrients right into your cells. So we put everything into the IV bag, bypasses your digestive tract and liver. So it goes straight into your cells. So you get immediate improvement. So if you're coming down with something, can you come in for an IV therapy and you're just going to feel better? Yeah. Like we do the immune ones all the time this time of year. Like what is it? Like a bag of vitamin C that you're pumping into? Vitamin C, zinc, amino acids, electrolytes, um, B vitamins, B complex, and minerals is in our immune okay. bag. So you skip the digestive process. So if the liver is messed up, it's, it's, it, the nutrients are still going to get into the bloodstream. Yeah. So people with, especially, mm. you know, people with digestive issues, which is most people, like most people have leaky gut and leaky liver now. Um, you can bypass those two things and put nutrients right into your system. The food we eat, even if you're selecting good food, typically it's nutrient deficient. It's been shipped in from somewhere from the moment it's picked from the vine. It starts to drop in nutrients exponentially by the time it gets to your mouth or fridge or whatever. It's yeah. down. Yeah. And people typically aren't even eating nutrient dense foods. 
Yeah, right? So so even if you are, let's say you're just that simple change of eating nutrient dense foods really changes your whole life because you're not snacking all the time. Yeah, but, but let, it's but it's hard to find. Yeah. So let's say you are eating healthy whole foods. You're eating a lot of fruit and veg. You're eating good stuff. Even that stuff is not enough nutrients to keep your body functioning the way you want to. And then if you're a high performer and you're pushing yourself, you're using more nutrients. Yeah. yeah. So like we, most of our people come every three weeks to a month and just kind of replenish to stay sharp and stay on top of it. And our athletes will come weekly, like during a training camp or whatever it is. But IV therapy is a huge tool. We use that all the time in the clinic. And the only one I'll add to that is um, cortisol testing. Oh, right, right. So the four-point cortisol test, I think, is huge for people because you can start to see what their energy level is like throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Like, do they have a hard time getting up in the morning? Are they crashing in the afternoon? Is their nighttime cortisol too high? That where they can't get to sleep? Yeah. Is their nighttime cortisol too high, not allowing your sleep hormones to kick in? So no matter what you're doing at night, you can't wind down. And even if you knock yourself out with a sedative, you're light sleeping and waking up. Mm-hmm. So if you're not getting at least seven hours of sleep at night is what the new research is showing, your performance is going to suffer. You can't just mm-hmm. keep turning out high productivity days like that. You just can't. So someone coming to see if they just wanted a quick hit of something, it would be the IV bags. But if you really want to get an understanding of your overall nutrition and health, you have to start with some of these tests. Food sensitivity, cord- uh, hormone tests, that kind of baseline stuff, DNA tests. Yeah. Yeah, we like the testing because it's subjective, right? Like people, you can say whatever you want and, and not that I discredit people, but people don't have that much of awareness of how they're actually functioning. They think they're doing better than they actually are. Yeah, that new baseline that you said. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's the reason why we like doing the specific tests we run and then we get an idea of what's going on behind the scenes and where some of those issues are. Like, and If you just extrapolate this 10 years out, we're going to be able to subscribe to some service that you offer where you're going to know how Mike and I are feeling day by day. We're going to get an alert from you saying, hey, guys, you're all you're all messed up today. Make sure you come in for IV therapy or if you're on the road, eat these veg- fruits and vegetables yeah. because you're screwed up. Like this is where we're headed. Yeah, and that's and what we're kind of doing already, right? So the testing gives us that data and I can say, look, you got to focus on this. If you want to keep feeling great and performing the way you want to and make lots of money and work long hours and do all these things, you need to fix these couple pieces. Otherwise, you won't be able to keep doing that. I, I don't know what I was reading yesterday, but it, uh, I stumbled upon an article and it said that uh, organic ve- fruits and vegetables versus uh, non-organic, that um, the non-organic only has about 60% of the nutrients of the organic. So we're losing 40% if you're not consuming organic fruits and vegetables. Exactly. Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. Well, yeah. What, and, and travel time though bothers me because even if it's an organic, like if you get organic salads, like I'll eat some of those salads that are in that plastic box like romaine lettuces or spring mix or something and it's organic but you know how it's in that plastic box and i just think okay this plastic box was in a cardboard box in a (laughs) truck that drove from uh, like it looks like mexico or california to me so this thing was plugged and now i don't know if you've noticed on it it tells you when it was put in the box have you noticed on those things it now tells you when it was packaged but i'm always thinking how long was this in this freaking thing is and this is why frozen is a good option so we always recommend our patients think about getting frozen produce because it's taken right off the vine or right off whatever it's picked right away flash frozen so the nutrient content's higher and it's more economical because it doesn't go bad like this morning i had broccoli and spinach uh with eggs but it was all frozen from a package three dollars for broccoli three dollars for spinach Mm. and then you don't have to worry about it going bad right nutrient content's higher and then we get the organic ones so it's even a little bit higher 
But because um, even if you eat wild, like when when we're over in, on vacation and we're in Europe or something, and I grab a fig off a tree, wild, like just, and I eat that fig, and I don't even like figs here, and I eat that fig over there, I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh, the best I fig you've ever best had, best fig I've yeah, ever. Exactly. I think I could have three figs and I'm full for the whole day. Like it just feels that nutrient for dense, sure, like three sure. figs and I'm full kind yeah. of thing, right? Whereas here, it feels almost like a hollow fig that I'm eating. There's nothing to it. Like, a, And even a tomato. Like, I'll never bite, bite into a ra- uh, raw tomato, uh, like, you know, just a tomato off the vine here. But uh, there, it's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, you yeah. know, Or maybe for a tomato in your own backyard, you would. Even but better, not from yeah. the grocery store. Yeah, like, you I, know, can do I don't ex- have that urge. If you, you can do an experiment, get a tomato uh, from the grocery store, just a regular one from wherever it's been shipped in from, and get one from someone's backyard. Yeah, and just have it, it's, it doesn't even taste like the same thing, mm-hmm. right? So that's the nutrient content, the the freshness of it. Some I mean, of these, just, a- so some cool. of these NHL athletes that you're working with and stuff. When you look at their, and I know I don't want you to name names, but like when you see some of these elite guys, I guess do they have another level, or is their liver, for example, just at that age, they're a professional athlete, from the blood work that you see, are they just at a prime level, or do can this apply to anyone? You know, even a young person can help out their liver. Oh, yeah. A, a young person for sure. It just depends on the individual. And that's where we're going with, with medicine is it has to be individualized because general strategies aren't going to work for everyone. Like even there's no one diet that works for everyone. Like I had a 16-year-old last night, um, top player, top prospect player, hockey player. And he's got some of the issues that we talked about. Okay, so you. even at that age. Yep. Yeah, a lot of factors yeah. at play, right? Like mm-hmm. what your lifestyle sure. is like, yeah. uh, what your genetics Diets. are like, you know, what your stress level is like. Uh, there's a lot of things that are at play there. Um, and the thing is that you can't really guess. Like even though you're 16, it's not like we overlook a lot of these things. Um, there'll still be red flags and signs that we're looking for in our assessment that we're picking up on. Like if you guys remember from your initial assessments with me. Um, we're very good at picking out which big system is out first. Like is a hormone, you're showing me a lot of hormone stuff, showing me a lot of gut stuff, showing me a lot of liver stuff. And we'll start there. And then we have tests that look at each system so we can figure out what's going on with your liver. Let's check. What's going on with your gut? Let's check. What's going on with your hormones? We can What's happening in my, you know how sometimes if I have dairy specifically for me, if I eat dairy, I will get acne on my face. It's like clockwork. Like if I have yogurt 48 hours later, and I don't even like going back to experiment with it, even though yeah. you fixed me up because yeah. it's just my whole life. It's been like that. And I don't like to play around with it too much, but milk and dairy comes up high on my food uh, sensitivity, even though I hardly have it. It's still always like number one. What's happening? Something in my liver. So like my liver just can't process this. Yeah. It, liver and gut. Down? Liver okay. and gut, yeah. So it's so it's it's making a leaky gut situation for me. Yeah. So if you have um, certain foods that are really reactive for you, like and and for us, those are ones that are like in the hundreds when we yeah, see. Yeah. So your for report. me, that's milk. Uh, yeah, milk for me. Yeah. So what happens is they they weaken your gut lining. So your gut lining is like the lining inside your uh, cheek, that mucus lining. So if you break in or th- break or thin that barrier out, then any food that hits that surface will create uh, a reaction. So the big foods that are a problem for people kind of open the floodgates for the other smaller types of less reactive foods, if that makes sense. So then it creates like a leaky gut picture. So now your gut is supposed to be a barrier that's 25 feet long. But if that mucus layer gets thinned out, it's kind of like if you have a a canker sore in your mouth, right? Anything you put in there now is going to irritate that and inflame it. Yeah, got it. So the same thing happens down in your gut. It's actually the same too. And why is it showing out as acne on my face? So a couple of reasons. One is, first of all, dairy is uh, problematic for skin in general, just by nature. 
it is. It also creates a lot of phlegm, creates a lot of mucus in the sinuses, things like that. And then if it's impacting your gut, it's going to back up your liver as well. And anything that doesn't clear out the liver is going to present on the skin. Huh, okay. So one of the things we look for for liver reset is like skin issues, hypersensitivity to things like odors, chemicals, um, water retention in the abdomen, like a leaky liver will overflow water there. Body fat that won't come down on the belly. Um, but for you, the skin stuff is seems to be more prominent for you, which is why we want to do liver reset anyways. Um, it's gotten better, but it's still kind of stays there with yeah, you. Oh, it's way better. Yeah. And then when we look at your blood work, your liver enzymes are high. Um, some other things we look at are triglycerides. We look at. I'm gonna bring you back when I'm things. all perfect, so we're yeah. not just bashing my yeah. my markers. Oh, Mike's it, Mike's got shitty markers too, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yours will be better. Like once we finish our 14, yeah, yeah. we can. So are we gonna do a blood test then at the yeah. end of the 14? Yeah, just those couple markers that we saw that okay. are out, so we can see how well it's functioning. But yeah, your liver enzymes will be back down. Like everything will be reset again because we're just gonna upregulate that function for 14 days. Okay, so and and just selfishly, it's gonna be a two weeks reset in between the reset being completed and then. I have one week where I'm still here. Then I'm in Jamaica for a week. So should I be doing that blood work before I go to Jamaica? Because yeah. I am going to enjoy some wine yeah. and some <laughs> Blue Mountain Jamaican coffee while yeah, I'm in Jamaica. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, okay. yeah, we should just check before and um, just to make sure it's all reset. But And you guys are lean guys already, but I think a lot of, popul- a lot of our population, we're doing a liver reset to reset metabolism. Mm-hmm. You know, people have tried a thousand diets and this and that and starve themselves and they can't chip away the areas that need to be chipped away, like belly fat, um, waste, fat, stuff like so that. How do you, so how would someone know other than belly fat that their metabolism is just messed up? There's a couple ways. I mean, we look for it on blood work. Like there's certain, like we can look at thyroid, we can look at liver, we can look at triglycerides. Um, another good one that you guys have both done is fasting insulin and fasting um, glucose. So if your first morning glucose is high and you haven't eaten all night, your liver is spilling glucose over into your bloodstream. Like if you think about it, you go to bed at 10 p.m. or whatever it is, you get up at 8, you go over to the lab and do blood work, you know, there's a 12, 13 hour window there where you haven't had food. So there's no sugar in your bloodstream. So your liver is spilling it over and we see it elevated all the time. So fasting glucose is high, fasting insulin is high. Got it. Okay. I think those markers on mine were pretty good last time. Yeah, you guys both have, because you did a lot of good like time restricted eating stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, your fasting insulin was very good and your triglycerides are very low, both of you, which means you're burning off body fat stores. Triglycerides are what gets deposited on the abdomen. Okay. And then so what about things like Mike has, what is that VO2 max thing that you have? You're some kind of elite cardio person or whatever. <laughs> For shit's sake, I can't keep up with this freaking guy. When you're running at the gym, he's like lapping me. Um, yeah. But is your VO2 max stuff? Is, is marked very high, but yours is high. No, mine so says medium. No, oh, mine says it? medium. Oh, okay. Yours is very high. Then there's high. Then there's yeah. medium. Gotcha. I'm medium. Okay. okay. That's why I'm always trailing behind you. And he listens to music and cheats when he's running. Oh, yeah. I generally can't get all the Bluetooth stuff working, and I'm just no music. Do you have the beats on? The certain yeah. beats yeah, on? Yeah, 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 yeah. I bought the beats, too. I'm sometimes yeah. listening to Eye of the Tiger when I'm running around the building, pretending yeah, some, I'm Rocky. Yeah, some of those performance markers are, are really strong. Like, people who do well, um, like, let's say you're the fastest kid in elementary school in sprints. You're typically going to be a fast sprinter for good. If you're the slowest kid in grade four sprinting, you're going to be a slower sprinter. <laughs> well, you can there, you can improve that a little bit, but you're typically going to be slower, but maybe you're better in the endurance side, right? right? right. And the VO2 max is, is interesting too. We had uh, a couple guys actually, a couple NHL guys that have crazy 
uh, VO2. So when they do the wind gate testing for the combine and conditioning testing, when they go back to their team, they don't get tired. They could just keep going. And you see people on the wind gate and they're dying, right? Right. We, I have a couple guys that can just f- keep rolling and their VO2 max is strong on their um, genetics. So that's something you're born with or something yeah. you can, but you can improve we can, that, I, we can improve, yeah, you can improve our improve cardio it. obviously, but yeah, but I think you're, uh, you're, what you're given is kind of a set point. Like you, your, your set point for VO2 might be higher than someone can improve too. Got it. So Mike, I'm going to be able to go from medium to medium, like maybe to high. <laughs> I'm never going to yeah. get to very high. But Whereas then you just wake up very high. Yeah. You wake up running around the freaking block. Yeah. And that's yeah. why some people can just get up and do those things without even trying. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Some people are strong naturally. They have a lot of, you know, fast switch strength. Some people explosive. see this guy at the gym. How old are you right now? Uh, going on 49. They don't even, they don't even think he's 39. Because the way he's performing at the gym. So I know we both have you to thank for that as well, but you just have those genetics where you're like at 49. No one even thinks you're 49. Let's put it this way. We're doing this CrossFit Open thing, and they did all this selection for different teams within our gym who's going to be on our team. And I'll just say that Mike got picked many people ahead of me, okay? You were picked, and then they forgot about me. Oh, Tom's still unpicked. I'm like the the kid at the grade school. You know, please pick pick me. Don't forget about me. But see, you probably always had that. You probably were good in sports growing up. You probably were explosive. You probably did those kind of sports where you excelled at those kind of I don't know. Did you play football? Like, things yes, like that. Yeah, football, yeah, yeah, things like that would yeah. be tuned to your explosiveness. Interesting. Right? Gotcha. Have you seen the documentary Free Solo? Free Solo. No. No. Alex I Honnold. Think it's out you yet. gotta see it. Yeah. If you have one of those. The boxes. only way you've seen <laughs> it is that like you've seen. Uh, yeah, coming okay. out on Netflix. I think in a couple days. Uh, yeah, okay. I think iTunes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, incredible. Yeah. Cool. This guy basically uh, summits three thousand feet. Okay. On a basically straight up mountain in uh, Yosemite. It's called El Capitan and just a different individual. So just talking about like his strengths, it's obviously mental strengths, but his his hands are like the size of of bears, but he's a little skinny guy, but uh, it's crazy because the consequence is death, right? He's climbing this mountain. It's a good motivator. No ropes, yeah. It's a good motivator, uh, yeah. (laughs) The documentary was two years. It wasn't supposed to actually be about him climbing this mountain. It was supposed to be just about him and his life. And a guy that lives out of his van uh, has a full kitchen set up in there. Oh, I've seen YouTube videos on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah where yeah, he's just like incredible. pounding on pull-ups forever. Yeah. He's a yeah. he's a vegan or vegetarian. Yes. Or something? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, just incredible. So. Also, too, there's a, a book called Sport Gene. Mm-hmm. I think it's called Sport Gene. Have you seen that one? No, no. where they've done genetic analysis on people and um, countries that really want to do well in the Olympics. Right, we'll go ahead and measure. Um, let's say all the kids in high school, they'll measure their like distance from shoulder to no uh, elbow distance from knee to ankle because those are predictors for what kind of sports you'd be good at yeah so like racket sports you might have a longer lever for you know shoulder to elbow type right or like they did a tensile strength on the achilles tendon they checked and then they said let's say you got a whole roster of kids that it sounds like china what countries were doing this i think it was like a ton of european countries are doing this it's actually super common but let's say you're sitting on the sidelines and not playing on your soccer team and they come by and see the tensile strength of everyone's like Achilles, you should do high jump, Mike. Mm-hmm. You do super well. And they actually pulled some of those kids and got them to do it and they did really well in those sports. Whereas other people were trying their whole life. There's a story about someone who did, I think it was high jump or pole vault or something. I think it was high jump. A guy training his whole life, doing everything he possibly could and another guy that just pulled off the bench of another sport and he did better yeah wow didn't even care about the high jump just went and did it but his his genetic, genetic makeup his achilles who had so much tensile strength that he could spring 
and jump really high just naturally. Remember there, there there's those uh, job performance tests or whatever. I forget what they're oh, called. Oh, yeah, 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 You know, put your yeah. traits and whatever, and hey, you'd be good at this job. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's coming down for sports. Yeah. The pipeline. It makes sense for some kids. Like if you're going to sit on the bench for football and you're not really tuned for football, maybe you can go win a medal in badminton or something. Do you yeah. see any elite athletes in some of these sports that are vegan? Don't you? Um, do you feel like you need? A, oh, you're, you're. This is a sensitive subject. No, no, it's it? not. But no. don't you need a little bit of pro? Are, aren't there some amino in a strict vegan? Or can you get all the amino acid profile that you need without a little bit of red meat? You can, and you can supplement to fill in the gaps, and you can. Build but if you up. have to supplement to fill in the gaps, isn't that in and of itself kind of an argument to have a little bit of meat? I'm not I, talking about yeah. to have big ri- uh, rib ribeye steaks every night. I'm just mean. If you have to supplement to fill it in, doesn't it mean just get the whole food itself? Yeah, I think so. And and from my experience too, I've had athletes that were vegan and were asking me those exact questions. And I got them kind of to move over to some sort of animal protein. And how did they feel? Way better. Why way better? You think they felt stronger, faster, like a better recovery? What was it? Yeah, all those things. And then you have to really be on point if you're going to be vegan because you have to hit your protein levels, amino acid levels. It's a little bit more work. You have to be really on point. You have to eat quite a few lentils and, you know, a plant-based protein to get to that level of protein that you could have in... Yeah, because at some point I think I was reading that you would have to have like a bushel of some vegetables to get the protein that you need. It's harder, yeah. So you have to be really committed. That being said, you do see vegan athletes do well. Um, Wasn't John Fitch the UFC fighter? Remember him? I think he was vegan for like a couple years and he was raving about it. But then ultimately he was like, ugh, I had to go back to meat. I'm pretty sure that was him. Yeah, it depends on your sport too. Like I think endurance athletes I've seen do kind of well in okay vegan. got it got explosive it. activity at, i think you see a cut like the diaz brothers nick and nate diaz are vegan are they both vegan yeah um there's a few guys in the ufc that are vegan my simple science is that any animal with eyes on the side of its face eats plants and vegetables they are not meat eaters any animals that are meat eaters have eyes on the front of their face, not the I'll side like of this. their face. On the front of their tell face. Someone that's that next that's time us. Vegan. Right? Let me and look we at your eat eyes. those animals that have eyes on the side of their face who are mm-hmm. looking out and watching out for predators like ourselves. That's my interesting. So I yeah, eat. yeah, yeah. And well, if I just look at my ancestry and my relatives that are over in Europe and watch what they eat, I'm like, oh my gosh, they are basically just eating meat and potatoes. <laughs> You know, it's like meat and potatoes and throwing a little bit of Swiss chard or some vegetables in there, and that's yeah. kind of like the whole diet. Right. Yeah, for sure. I think um, performance-wise, the ones I've seen tend to do better with a little bit of animal protein. Yeah, okay. You know? Okay. And um, what else for some elite stuff? Are you looking at blood marker? Is there a certain blood marker for some elite athlete, athletes that you're looking at that's different than kind of the everyday person? Or is it the same for all of us? If, if they're going to be feeling good, it's the same for all of us that we have all the same markers. Yeah, like if you get those three systems working, the liver gut hormone system you're really tapping into those levels of a high performer because your energy's on point your metabolism's there okay, and which one do you start with first then depends on the person why okay why because it depends what they're presenting with right like if we have someone come in and, and they're complaining about digestive stuff i'll probably look there first right if they're complaining about energy and they sleep cycles off i'll probably look at their stress hormones cortisol dhea those things first if they're talking about metabolism and can't drop the belly fat I'll probably look at liver first but at with all of our people we get to each system at some point 
but we kind of look for the deepest layer first, the stuff that we see as most problematic, and we'll look there first, and then we'll work outwards. Okay, so I was understanding incorrectly. For some reason, I thought if your hormones weren't set correctly, there's no point in trying to fix your, digest, fix your digestive system because if your hormones are out of whack, if you fix the digestive system, the hormones are going to kind of throw it out of whack again. Yeah, you're right. Actually, you're right because most times it goes that way. Most times stress throws off your stress hormones. We're all stressed. We're all pushing the pace. We're all missing f- sleep and not good food all the time. So typically, like I would say maybe seven times out of 10, cortisol is out first, which then weakens your gut lining. Your gut has a lot of reactions, food reactivities. That backlog then offsets your liver. So if we're going to the square one, then we'll fix the hormones first and then work outwards. And the cool thing about that is a lot of times when we start at the deepest layer, we don't actually have to fix much on the other layers because we've gone right to the source. That's like when you said with your food sensitivities, Mike, we fixed that and a whole bunch of things cleared up, Mm -hmm. right? So um, everyone's a little bit different, but I would say most times like seven out of 10 hormones, gut, then liver, but people will present with different things. So, sorry, if there's an athlete that's in full check in regards to they're in good health, are they still taking supplements? Yeah, like I'll have them using specific things just because you're running their DNA through that thing. What, what you, whatever you called it, where you can um, see pure, what's gen, pure genomics is the one that we use. Yeah, um, that plus um, depends on what athlete. Like uh, for our UFC athletes, they train three times a day, mm-hmm. six days a week, so they're just burning through nutrients. So I have them loading up on nutrients. So supplement form, uh, food, food obviously, food's just a no brainer. And what's the difference between pill and powder? Um, for which, uh, for let's go, uh, pre-work, uh, no pre-workout is I think always powder, uh, post-workout. Uh, you can take, uh, I don't know. Do they have BCAs in pills? Yeah. yeah. Um, I know there's powder. Yeah. Pill and powder is not too much of a difference, but tablet and pill is different. Like tablets okay. are harder to break down where a capsule is basically powder inside of a capsule. Right. So, um, like post-workout stuff, Protein and Why, this and that doesn't matter. What kind doesn't of shit matter. have you been taking? No, right? no, no. Yeah, I'm just curious. Yeah, no. Yeah. So I think there's not really a difference for that, but um, low quality nutrients that are in a tablet form or just take more work for your body to break down. Most of us don't have like amazing digestion to begin with. So it's hard to break that I down. Mean, if you have these liver issues or leaky yeah. gut, you're not getting the full supplement. Yeah. So, uh, so what about like the average Canadian? Like right now, let's face it, we've been months without sun. <laughs> yeah. So v- would you recommend that most people should probably be taking some f- form of vitamin D right now? Most times, yes. And we will blood test that just to make sure because then we can dose it perfectly for that person. Mm-hmm. But yeah, most people like past November 15th this year, we don't get UVB. We didn't get UVB in Canada where we are. So we don't get any vitamin D. So you could be outside shoveling snow and doing whatever you want to do outside, but you don't actually get any more vitamin D. So whatever you had up to that point is what you have throughout the winter. And vitamin T is, vitamin D is huge for mood and energy and immune, like massive. I got those three shots from you because I was really low on that. Yeah. That helped out. Yeah. So people who have low vitamin D levels when we blood test, um, we'll we'll do an injection, um, shoulder injection for vitamin D, which you have have to have a special license for, but then we can keep levels up longer. So the, the research shows that Oral, if you're taking the right type of vitamin D, like emulsified uh, fat absorbable one, it will raise D levels and the injection will raise, but the injection keeps it up longer. 
It so is funny t- going to see you when you're like, hold on, just show me your shoulder, and you just get a shot of vitamin D <laughs> in your shoulder. <laughs> I give you a warning first. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 you do, you do. Yeah. But um, yeah, so vitamin D is a huge one, and um, the research shows too, if you raise vitamin D levels, mood comes up right away, energy comes up right away. So the biggest feedback we get from the vitamin D injections, people come back and they say, wow, I feel like so good my mood is really boosted huh. that's the biggest feedback and energy is really boosted that's so funny that you say that because i feel like after you gave me that i w- we were in a really stressful time here and i was thinking to myself geez i'm handling this really well like yeah. i felt just from a mood point of view yeah. i was in good shape you think you tie that to vitamin d for sure yeah we usually don't even um like when people come and do the series of three before i get a chance to say we should do your vitamin d shot they're already like oh i gotta do my I got to do my shot today because the last <laughs> time it. they felt really and good. And how many times will you give somebody a v- vitamin D shot throughout the winter? I uh, usually do a series of three and then we'll recheck them if we need to. But they, um, usually that puts them right into optimal range for okay. vitamin D. So like uh, the IV is two to three weeks. Um, yep. And then how long is the vitamin D lasting then? Vitamin D, once we get your levels up, we yep. can keep it up throughout the, like until the next fall. Like it'll okay. stay elevated because we're naturally going to get it during the summer and spring. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Okay. But people, this is interesting too. I have a colleague in uh, California, and his patients that he tests, most of them are low in vitamin D. How is that possible? Because he says that people, even there, are not spending much time outdoors. Okay. And they're layering on sunscreen like crazy because they're afraid of getting skin cancer. So right. you're blocking all the vitamin D. So they're not outside because they're just going from office to building to mall yeah. to home to whatever. And the people that are out are loading up on sunscreen so they don't get the vitamin D levels well, raising. He it, sees it low across the board. Is a one week, va- you know how Canadians will take a one week vacation down south somewhere. Yeah. Is that doing anything if you're out in the su- sun for a whole week? For sure. Yeah, uh, it will. yeah. Yeah. So like, for example, myself, if I'm coming back to see you right before I go to Jamaica, do I get a vitamin D shot or I'm like, no. Ah. Because I'm going to Jamaica. Yeah, yeah, if you're going there, I always recommend people go there, get sun, like ease your way into it. Don't go and lay there all day and get super burnt, but ease your way into it. Take it easy the first couple of days, but definitely try to get some time where you don't have sunscreen on and just get some sun. The biggest benefit I've found from going to see you is when you run that analysis and you're like, Tom, you need, um, I think I'm, uh, I take vitamin C, glutathione, cod liver oil, because you said it had some, the, the brand you're giving me has some bit of vitamin D in it and a bit of vitamin A, Yes. because for some reason I needed the vitamin A, I forget why. Yeah, genetically Let's, you don't uh, turn that over very well, so then we can give you more. Okay, and it's, I feel like it's the first time in my life where I feel like I'm taking the supplements that are actually working for me, as opposed to, which is frustrating I think for most of us, yeah. as opposed to just blindly saying, oh, it's winter, I'll take a bit of vitamin D, I think I'll take some vitamin C, and I'm just gonna cross my fingers and hope for the best. What you've given me, and I, I thank you for it, is kind of this comprehensive plan of like, here's how we're going to attack your health and set you up for optimal performance. Yeah. And it's the first time I felt like that because all the books I've read over the years have always just, you know, you just kind of go with whatever you currently read. You're like, oh my yeah. God, I should take glutathione. And you just stuff all these glutathione uh, yeah. pills and in you your mouth. No and you have no clue. I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I'm taking too yeah. much, too yeah. little. One time I think I OD'd on vitamin D. I think I put too much vitamin D drops on me. I was all constipated and stuff. I'm like, Jesus, I'm taking too much vitamin D. So okay. I just got to thank you for that. You know, okay. it's kind of cool. And it's unfortunate that it's not just everywhere, you know, um, but it, the good news is there are people, more and more people like yourself around that we can kind of get this information. Yeah, we try to give everything with a purpose, right? Like we don't load people up on all these, like you're not taking 20 things, you know, if you're using three or four things at the most, but they're very effective to do what you want to do and we're covering our bases for in terms of any deficiencies or whatever, then 
um, that's what, really what we're aiming for. Like we don't want you wasting your money buying all these types of different things and peeing them out. And we only use really high quality nutrients because that's super yellow pee where you're just yeah. looking, you're like, I just peed out everything. Yeah. I just took, yeah. And we only use super high quality nutrients so that you absorb it really well. You know, you could be spending all your money and I don't want to throw any companies under the bus, but getting it, like I looked at someone's, uh, Omega three yesterday, they got at a certain big box store and the amount of active DHA and EPA was so low that I had to say, okay, you have to take 25 of these capsules Jeez. each day Ugh. to hit the level of one yeah. capsule. That's the frustrating part. So, because we all think we're trying to do well for ourselves, that's but right. it's frustrating. Yeah, and people generally have good intentions, and and I think you can save a lot of money. Even though you bought this giant tub that has three thousand capsules for fifty bucks, you're still going to use it quicker than you would use one capsule of one hundred and twenty of a yeah. proper one that yeah, you yeah. can absorb, and you're actually going to feel different from it. And the supplement industry is not regulated to that extent, mm-hmm. so no one's really policing that. Like, you can make a company tomorrow, put stuff in it make some claims no one's really gonna come down after you for that whereas like that's why we only use professional brand stuff like you see the stuff that we use you can't get in stores it's not more expensive than that but we like that it has it's been tested we know what's in it it's on the bottle we can trust in it it's gonna do what we think it's gonna do Mm -hmm. you know there's a level of knowledge there general family physicians like they definitely have their place but what i found is when getting blood work done and testing different levels like vitamins and hormones and stuff i always just got okay you're good but yeah, you know, there's obviously a scale. Extreme. There's a scale, right? Am I on the good sc- end of low or am I on the good scale, scale of high? And I feel coming to you, you're putting us on the good scale of high. Like how can we become optimal? Yeah, and that's what we're interested in, right? Like I want you to excel. I want you to feel great. And there's such a uh, huge range there for most of these things. Like thyroid hormone, you have to, you should be under one. Like your inflammation levels should be under one. Your CRP should be under one. There's certain things that need to be in a range and also how you're trending too, right? We check in with you guys regularly and we see our patients like once a year. Like all of our programs, we run five visits for fixed gut, five for liver, five for um, hormones. But then we like to see you once a year to recheck certain things because let's say each year you're trending up. So you're still not in a, in a pathological range yet. But if you look at the previous years, your thyroid is moving yeah. up. Mm-hmm. So maybe you're not diagnosable, slow thyroid yet, but you're on your way. So we can see that and say, okay, we got to f- work on this. And, and you're finding you have accessible, uh, you have more accessible options to the blood work that you need, correct? Like the, the stuff that you sent me on for blood work, yep. that was something I felt like you had crafted. Like I'm going to look for these markers yeah, yeah. and you sent us off to Life Labs or whatever, but you were specifically requesting these specific markers that you wanted to see. Yeah, like we pull together, like we do like a well, a wellness check. We recommend people do once a year where we look at everything. So like um, cholesterol levels, triglycerides, liver function, kidney function, nutrients, vitamin B, uh, B12, vitamin D, like all these things. And then we have our optimal ranges, like you're saying, Mike, that we're looking for. Because the medical system is just looking for the critical range, like you're way off. Yeah, like they're designed for acute care and there's nothing wrong with that but the perspective is a little bit different like we're trying to get you to excel and to keep you healthy as long as possible and allow you to do what you want to do whereas they're trying to keep you with yeah inside safe, of it almost safe in, in a safe zone mm. 
Um, I got to ask you about this yeah. lemon water thing because every book I read on the li- on liver, and it was just fascinating to me because the liver detox that you gave me with your pamphlets that you gave me, which was a really nice summary of what to eat. One of the tips to enhance it was like every morning when you wake up, have a glass of water with some fresh lemon in. So I've been doing it. Okay. I didn't put the cayenne pepper in it. I yeah. just have the water with the lemon. <laughs> yeah. um, but what is it about water with lemon in the morning? Like I just see that everywhere when it comes to your liver. <laughs> like is that something we should just all be doing every morning? Yeah, so what it does is it kind of primes your digestive tract. So it kind of turns everything on. So the lemon, the acid in the lemon kicks on your digestive enzymes. So it prepares your body to start breaking down. Okay, stuff. so you have it right when you wake up? Yeah, right when you wake up is good because then it kind of gets everything And going. then how long till until you actually eat? Like if you're going to have a morning smoothie or some eggs or something, does you it matter? You can eat like 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later. It doesn't okay, take long. Okay, so it's to... priming the pump. Yeah. And it... that's a good thing because it gets your body moving? Like why, well, why because, do I care about priming the pump? Because you need enzymes to break down your food. So especially people with high stress, the first thing that gets cut off is your digestive enzymes drop. So let's say you're going to eat a meal. It doesn't break down properly. It's going to sit there, right? So if you're going to go for a steak or a bigger meal or whatever you're going to have, if you do lemon and water before, it gets your enzymes ramped up. So you have a lot of enzymes. So So even if you're out for dinner, have the lemon with the water before you're eating. Yeah, especially like a bigger meal. Like any meal would be beneficial, but a bigger meal for sure. And then it gets your enzymes primed. You have a lot more enzymes. So when the steak comes in, it can start breaking it down. So it's going to move through you and not just sit. Um, and okay. if you do it in the morning, it just kind of gets your system ready. Okay, for the and a little bit of pepper in there is good because it's also just primes the pump. Yeah, kind of pe- the cayenne pepper. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of stimulates things a little bit more. I'm scared yeah. of putting that one in. I didn't do it yet, but okay. And then coffee. Why um, can you know? How about those cultures or people that just drink coffee every day, like two, three cups a day? They never go off it for like two or three weeks. Why is it that like someone like myself, I know I can benefit because I love my coffee. Like I love my coffee. Yeah. I, when I have my coffee, sometimes I send people random texts with my coffee in the sky. Like I'm, I'm holding it, the cup in the sky. I heard I'm, about your process, mineral uh, water. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, like yeah, listen, I, some people have been texting me. Hey, what kind of water are you using? And it's I'm important. Like, though. I'm going to take a video different. on this thing. It's yeah. Like, yeah, no, totally. See, I'm so thankful that you said it makes a difference. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah, um, so, uh, but coffee, just some of us have to take a break because we are overly sensitive to caffeine. So a couple things. One is you can be a slow metabolizer, which okay. I think, Mike, you yes. were. Yeah. Which I think means I that, am as well. Which means you don't break down the coffee as well, which means that you get jittery. So if you have, hmm. you could go together and one of you has one Listen, coffee. Listen, with my jittery. beans, you're not yes. getting jittery. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> you come over to my house, I'm going to make is you that, the coffee. Is that the marketing pitch? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no, I don't even sell this stuff. I got to start <laughs> selling it. But yeah, so and that that's one aspect. The other aspect too is like, you know, countries where people are having a lot of coffee also don't have our modern world stressors. Like if you're living out out in the jungle in Costa Rica and you can sleep till whenever you want to wake up and you don't have financial stress and there's no like toxic environmental stressors, you can tolerate more of that, right? All of a sudden you put yourself into a North American perspective and you have overburdened liver, stress, all these things going on. You got more toxins coming in. Look at the car, cars everywhere. Now you're overburdening and then the coffee jams up those phase one, phase two. So um, the coffee or the caffeine? Caffeine. The caffeine from the coffee is jamming up the system. Yeah. Well, I say coffee because that's the biggest source of caffeine that people usually Okay. Consume. Yeah. And I'm just trying to be clear. Okay. Yeah, that's right. But, but so, and then someone like myself or Mike, we can benefit from going four five, six weeks maybe and then taking a full week off. You yes. think that's a good way to, yep. for a while I was doing day on, day off, but I was breaking because I like my coffee so much. But then you said, okay, Tom, do this with one week off every once in a while. You yep. still like that yep. as a way to kind of get yourself off the caffeine for a little bit? I think bit? it's more effective, right? Because you can clear out your liver. You can clear out your liver in two to four weeks. 
Like you can regenerate. You can change the whole picture. Because your liver's always. It's Mike was telling me this. It's or no, who was telling no, me? No, who? Someone was just telling me it's the one organ that regenerates. It's like it actually yeah. regrows. Yeah, like you can donate two thirds of your liver and regenerate it. Okay. Back right. So it's it's mm-hmm. one of the. So it was, it was you who was telling me. Was that. it me? Yeah. But the key is to uh, to give it that break food wise and then upregulate it with those building blocks. So for you, the caffeine, I think maybe. Yeah, doing it the way you're doing it, pulling it out for a week every so okay. often. But you can also see like there's a lot of ways to tell, right? Like are you are you burning out? Are you yeah. starting to deposit? Are you starting yeah. to hold on to fluid in the abdomen? Like there's some signs that you'll you see. You know what's interesting? I couldn't tell I was burning out before until I got to an optimal state. Now I can tell I'm burning out. Because before the burning out state felt normal and felt like pretty regular. Now I can say, oh shit, I'm acting a little bit more emotional here. I, I'm starting to get to this burnout phase. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why we want to start measuring HRV with all of our patients and having them up on our portal because then we can start to see like, oh, Mike's burning out. And then we can send you a quick message like, let's think about doing these couple things to prevent that, right? Okay. Or asking you questions. Why do you think, you know, like I saw one level this morning. Right now, a lot of my fighters will um, and, and NHL guys will screenshot their readings and send it to me. So in the morning, I get all these um, texts coming through. So I saw one guy went from... 10.6 the other day down to eight and then i'm like what's going on i mean you're not sleeping like what's happening and he's like he sparred really hard yesterday and then he was up late couldn't fall asleep and then his score is really low so at least it opens up that conversation so if i didn't know and i just let him keep doing his thing then he could burn out do these guys tell other fighters they have you in their corner or are you like the secret mr <laughs> x secret weapon to these dudes it's weird man like i think over time they've they want all their teammates working with me because like nobody it helps else. them all get better yeah and then the word kind of just spreads out and then yeah. i think they try to keep it under wraps a little uh, bit uh, last question on the caffeine thing if if it's no caffeine um the pre-workout drinks sometimes have caffeine so yeah. this week i caught myself not doing the pre-workout drink because i just thought oh, okay dr count doesn't want me to have caffeine i shouldn't have this pre-workout thing about two years ago i never knew what pre-workout stuff was post-workout now i know all this shit yeah. um but it would be the same thing to cut out during the liver de- liver detox correct yeah just during that time period though 14 days if yeah, you pull okay. it out then it, it allows you to reset that whole system um and people feel amazing like we've been we've done so many of them now but I mean, um, I had a lady last week down 14 pounds in 14 days, liver reset, zero exercise, zero exercise at all. So, and she's like, wow, I really understand now. It's not about the exercise. She was driving to Toronto three times a week to train, um, at a certain place. Like she works nine to five would drive there. And she felt like if she missed a workout, she would gain weight. Hmm. So how many, how many, so for myself and Mike, how many times a year are we doing a liver detox? Just once. Once a year, you think? Yeah. Yeah, just once, or unless you're really showing signs, like let's say you overload yourself, you start eating terribly, you start, you know, drinking pails of your uh, coffee every single day and drinking every day, you know, and then you may need to do more often, but there are signs that we can see. Cool. Thanks for doing this, man. So where, where's the best way for people to reach out to you so that they can perform? I was going to say like us, but I'm all messed up right now. So they can perform well. Optimally. Uh, our website has a lot of information on it. So um, phenom, P-H-E-N-O-M, H-P-M.com. That's one. Um, my Instagram page at phenom underscore doc. Um, and then we have a Facebook page too. Um, phenom High Performance Medicine is our Facebook page. So even if you just Google phenom high performance medicine, you're, you're going to yeah, we'll come, come up. Yeah, right? our clinic's in Burlington. Um, and then on our different media platforms, we try to put different information on there. And then we do an insider too, uh, which we send out 
you know, once a month, once every two months, just the latest information. We try to keep it really minimal to just like high value stuff. That Those you are guys, great. Those yeah, are great. Stuff that you can actually use as practical. Here's some clarity on this issue. Here's what you can do. Try to give people some good information. There's so, there's so much information out there now. It's almost too much. So um, we try to kind of clarify okay. that and glean it down. And if you're me. listening to this and you want those links, we'll put them in the show notes for this episode. So if you go to rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash podcast, you'll find Dr. Cowan's episode there. You can click on it in the show notes. You'll have the link just as a backup if yeah. you can't get to phenomhpm, as in mary.com. Correct? That's, That's the right. website. That's right. Thanks, Dr. Cowan. Awesome, Appreciate Dr. this. Cowan. Listen, check out brain.fm. I'm going to check that out for sure. Back to you. You had <laughs> heard of brain.fm. Free solo. That yeah. documentary oh, will win an solo. Academy Award for best documentary. And what's this that? Year. And what's Guaranteed. that thing that you got us that massages us? Oh, that's going to uh, change our lives. Uh, Tim, so right. Tim Tam. So right. No, so right. For the so right. We'll save that for next time. Yeah, yeah. So right. Thanks, Dr. Cowan. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Hey everyone, it's Tom Kratz again. So hopefully you enjoyed that. We have more questions for Dr. Cowan. So we're already planning to bring him on again with some of the stuff that we weren't able to cover. If you're trying to get through to him, you can find him at phenomhpm.com. That's phenom, P-H-E-N-O-M, H-P-M as in Mary.com. Or just Google up phenom high performance medicine and you'll find uh, Dr. Cowan and his team and the whole phenom method and what they're, what they're up to and what they're doing. You can also check them out on Instagram. His Instagram feed is actually really good and useful lots of good information on there and that's at phenom underscore doc so if you just go on instagram and you go to phenom p-h-e-n-o-m underscore doc d-o-c you will find dr cowan and if you're looking for some real estate investing information and you want to check out our membership which is called rockstar inner circle and how we run we get a lot of questions on how we operate here and how you can work with us at rockstar and how the whole rockstar inner circle membership works you can find out all the benefits that you get for joining rockstar and the Inner Circle membership at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. So that's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. Hopefully you're joining these podcasts. If you are or if you aren't, you can let us know. You can always email feedback at podcast at rockstarinnercircle.com with any ideas, tips, subjects you want us to cover. We appreciate it. That email address will get through to us eventually. Podcast at rockstarinnercircle.com. Thanks so much for all the feedback that everyone's been sharing. And until next time, your life your terms.